Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. I believe if Tony didn't break his arm, I would have been sent back down to AAA. They were stuck. They had no choice to at least ride it out as long as they could. Opening day, 1996. It's a new year. It's also a new look for the New York Yankees. There's an unknown factor about Derek Jeter, about how good he would be. It wasn't a slam dunk that this guy was going to be a star by any means, or even make the team in his own mind. I can't tell you how nervous I was opening day in Cleveland. You know, everybody was watching. And then, all of a sudden, you know, Derek Jeter showed up. Just such a well-rounded effort. He's calm, though. I mean, nothing seems to phase him. Couldn't have made a better statement for a rookie shortstop to say, hey, I'm the guy. I got this. Off the end of the bat into shallow center field. Derek Jeter back. What a play Derek Jeter made. That sort of helped me exhale a little bit. The decision that was made. You know, we were off to the races at that point in time. Hitting the home run on top of the defensive stuff. Uh, I couldn't have uh, written a script better than that. No disrespect to Buck, who was before Mr. T, but in that particular period of time, he was the perfect manager. The demeanor that he had, the calming influence, you know, he understand you're going to make mistakes. Right? He had patience with it. He allowed Derek just to be Derek. When a manager can allow you to just be you, you can eventually take off. And Joe Torre and the Yankees' three-game lead over Baltimore. you got to remember what 96 was like. Nobody expected anything. And then all of a sudden, the team started to gel. There weren't stars on that team. They became stars because they started to win. And the city took them to heart. And then they had this 21-year-old shortstop who was doing incredible things. Hit on the ground, uh, short, backhanded by Jeter. The long throw. He got him what a throw. It's hard to ignore that they got another level of fan base because their shortstop is young. Little matinee idly. Every girl that went to school in the Bronx had a poster of Derek Jeter in their locker. I was 100% convinced that I was going to grow up and marry Derek Jeter. The city's been very supportive. We went to the Knicks game last night and the crowd's cheering for the Yankees. So, I mean, I like it. I enjoy it a lot. It was clear he could handle himself, handle the atmosphere, and permeate something that was valuable to the team. In the bottom of the tent. And it's in the center field. The Yankees have won it. He is rapidly becoming the Yankees player of the year. There's a certain point during the season when somebody has that type of year that you stop being a rookie. It's like, this guy's the mainstay. This guy's the reason why we're here. But we didn't know how the young guys would fit in. I think what Derek has done has probably been the key to the year. Oh, yeah. We hope to celebrate three more times after every round of the playoffs and, and after the World Series. But we're playing well right now, and hopefully it'll continue. He just won the division, right, didn't he? And he is that young, right? He's so cool. He's barely legal to have that champagne <laughs> from his head. He's been great. The Yankee fan was hungry in 96. He got a little bit taste of the postseason in 95. There was palpable energy and excitement around the city. We talked almost daily, you know, really. I was there to be his parent, be there to support him and to enjoy things with him. If he felt the need to talk with me something, you know, or, then I wanted to be there for him. It's very difficult to play in New York. It's very difficult to play when you're that young and be like Derek Jeter and be that kind of a star. I think it's his background. I really do. He knew who he was, and he was always prepared. And the moment is never too big for you if you're prepared for it. Orioles.
Yankees three in the eighth. Game one of the league championship series. The 0-1 is hit in the air to deep right. I couldn't see it. I knew I hit a fly ball. I knew I hit it good to right field. Carrasco back on the track. He's near the wall. He makes the It's good. It's good. A home run for Derek Jeter. Then I see Richie Garcia signaling a home run. You know, I, I don't think I saw what happened really until after the game was over with. And what happens here? He contends that a fan reaches up and touches it. But Rich and then after the game, obviously you see what's, what's apparent to everyone that was watching it. Was that Tony should have jumped. I think he would have caught the ball. He catches that ball. Absolutely. I have no idea why or how. It's one of those weird things that happen in this game where, you know, you get something that is outside of our control. Meanwhile, here's the kid receiving congratulations all around. The guy was never going to catch that ball. He didn't even jump. So how was he going to catch the ball? Uh, pat the kid on his back. We say thank you. You know, good job. I hope it didn't affect the game that much, but I'm a Yankee fan and I do want the Yankees to win. And people say, oh, that's the reason why we beat Baltimore. No, no, we would have beat Baltimore anyway. You know, Bernie beat Baltimore later on in the game. It's mighty high. It's mighty far. And good night. I could see the kid reach over the fence from where I was at. That ball was, uh, I'm going to say, a routine fly ball. It wasn't fair. Orioles should have had that. When I hear people talk about that game, oh, that changed everything. We would have beat you. No, you wouldn't have. We were dominant against you the whole year. A roll of the Alabama right through his legs. would think you're crazy. Oh, yes, I am. I'm crazy about the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I am. I got box feet down the third baseline right next to Wade Box. Oh, my God. Here comes Atlanta, New York. The Braves are considered the favorites by many observers to repeat as world champions. This was before interleague play, so I didn't know anything about the Atlanta Braves other than the fact that I watched them on television when I was in high school. We had a pre-World Series meeting and, you know, first thing out of Mr. T's mouth is, this team is better than any team you've played all year. I'm like, damn, so we're really in the World Series now. We were facing arguably one of the best pitching rotations in the history of the game. You know, when we talk about Maddox, Glavin, John Smoltz, we were coming in as a heavy, heavy underdog. It is game number one of the 1996 World Series. They look like they're ready here in the Bronx. Long drive in a left field. At the track, at the wall, it is gone. Andrew Jones. What a performance. And the 19-year-old World Series for the Yankees so far has been a nightmare. They killed us, man. I mean, it was no way to sugarcoat it. They killed us. Four to nothing, Braves, ninth inning. And a one-two to O'Neal. Game over. Bam, bam, we're down two straight games. Even the most confident Yankee fan at that point probably was saying well it was a nice run it's all preparation man if you if you I always treated playoff games like spring training games in my mind still the same game you know if you play every game like it's the most important game of the year your mindset doesn't change whether you're up 2-0 or down 2-0 it's still the same mindset so we just had to win one game when we got to Atlanta, we heard it in the background that, you know, they had the champagne ready in the clubhouse. They're ready to pop the bottles. In the bowels of the stadium, you can hear them really talking some smack. You have to find something you hate about your opponent. Must-win situation for the New York Yankees. They don't respect us. Let's get pissed off. They just win one. All you got to do is win one game at a time. Down the line and right. Good bye. Game three belongs to New York. I got the bucket bit. A real late ride. Andrew Jones trying to add to the Atlanta 5 to nothing fifth inning lead. To third, Hayes can't make the play. Jones scores and it's 
pretty sure they're feeling good about themselves in the other dugout. One and two on Jeter, and that's a little flare into right trouble. A leadoff base hit. Um, I believe we were going to win that game. Into right field, base hit, it gets passed on. Here comes Jeter, he'll score. When you have that type of belief, I think it rubs off on people. And then we started creeping our way back into it. Top of the eighth inning, 6-3. The Braves out in front, and it's first and third, one out. With the catcher, Jim Lerich, his first at bat of the night. I don't know if he broke his bat or not. He just grabbed my bat and said, let me use this, you know, and, and he battled. Again, the 2-2 to Lerich. In the air to left field. Back at the track, at the wall. Once he hit that, we tied the game. I knew we had that series. They are dancing in the streets of New York right now. Pendleton shoots it to deep left. Range is there, falling as he catches it. And in 10 innings, the Yankees hang on, and this series is tied. Runners at first and third, two out. Bottom of the ninth inning with the Yankees leading by one. 0 oh, 2 from Wetland. Playing at home now, all you hear about, walk out your apartment and everyone's wearing Yankee hats and everyone's good luck. I think there's more Yankee fans than any other team in New York, right? Man, they've been waiting for this for a long time. I actually enjoyed those games more because I felt as though more people were watching. And I always like people watching. The Yankees have won three in a row. Game six, Pure Yankee Stadium. The New Yorkers look for their first world title since 1978. Now Girardi, infield is in for the play at the plate. In the center field, that will put the Yankees on top and over the head of Bristol. It, it's my best moment in the game. If I had to single out one individual moment, that would be it. I just had never heard anywhere that loud. Baseball field or any other place, it felt like the whole place was shaking. It felt like the ground was shaking, which it may have been. Now the runner at third, one out for Jeter against Greg Maddox. Jeter is on first base. Bobby Cox, Hall of Fame manager, is in the other dugout. First pitch calls a pitch out. Pitch out, nothing doing, ball one. Jeter's not running. Guess what he does next pitch? There he goes. No throw. He's got such a big jump, there's no throw to second base. In the right center. Jeter's got such a great secondary lead, scores from second base. No good. Three to nothing, New York. Winning baseball. That's Jeter. That guy would cut your heart out to win a game. Joe Torre and the Yankees are now one out away. The stretch and pitch. Swung out and popped up again. Off third. Hayes has room. Hayes makes the catch. Yankees win. Oh, Yankees win. They have surmounted every challenge. They have climbed every mountain. And the New York Yankees are world champions. This is the greatest feeling in the world. Unbelievable. It's going to be kind of hard to top this one, but uh, no, hopefully we can come back. But we got a lot, a lot of time to celebrate this one. Hello, welcome to T-Town. Like man over 40 everywhere. These guys experience a drop in testosterone. Don't worry, it happens to all of us. Some guys took my advice about how to boost their testosterone, and some didn't. This guy got the message loud and clear. That's right, Nugenics Total Tea. Nugenics Total Tea is a unique patented formula powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to boost free testosterone to help you feel stronger, leaner, with more muscle and drive. Nugenics is number one doctor recommended, number one at GNC, and number one at Walmart. But you can only get your complimentary bottle by texting PROOF to 369-369. Thanks. 
It'll make you feel like a new man. And by the way, she'll like it too. Get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics now. Text proof to 369-369. Text now and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, our newest, most powerful fat incinerator ever. Absolutely free. Your back is filthy and you can't even reach it. Introducing the all-new Black Wolf Sonic Scrubber. Just press to experience sonic vibrations for an unparalleled deep clean. With its attachable telescopic handle, it is designed to reach your back, lather your legs, and anywhere else. The charcoal-infused silicone bristles are soft, massaging, and exfoliate with vibrations. Should I mention that it feels really good? This feels really good. Get 20% off now at GetSonicScrubber.com. Wear by Erin Andrews, my sportswear collection for all women, is now officially licensed with more leads. Women can support their teams in fashion-forward apparel everywhere, anywhere. Find it at fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. Internet without trackers. Without malware-ridden files. Zen. Be more cyber zen. Get NordVPN. City of the day. Rushy, a cringing moment in the title race. So to the beauty of the Tiki Taka. From City Riders. To El Clasico. Here's where legends are born. And every match is a spectacle. A celebration like no other. For the love of football. For the love of La Liga. Look, we're looking at the documentary right there. Yeah. My documentary? You got two Hollywood actors in Wrexham. They're making this a place you want to come play. It's the biggest sport in the world. The club does mean that much to people. This is bigger than meeting the king. It's more than football. Wrexham is the most special gift I've ever had in my life. FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new season premiere September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. 1037 The Buzz. And we want to thank you for choosing us. Did you smoke some of your mom's crap? Sports and entertainment. Best middleweight on planet Earth. I want the title. Let's do this. Enjoy your meal. Thanks, you too. Question. How do you recover from an awkward exchange? Uh, hey, don't forget to set your lineup tonight. ESPN Fantasy Football. Thank you. I can't imagine winning a championship in any other city is bigger than winning here in New York. Yeah, yeah. This is the media capital of the world, playing for the most recognizable storied franchise in all the sports. We win a World Series my first year. I'm 22 years old. Now you're the toast of the town. The whole team's the toast of the town. Anywhere you go. I think it changed coverage of them forever. They went from a baseball team to like the Beatles. Pretty much overnight. Derek Peter. Rookie of the year, Mr. World Champion shortstop. What about that kid knocking the, uh, taking care of your home run there? I put him out there, actually. <laughs> Won the World Series. Six games. The Yankees are the biggest team in New York, and Derek is the face of the biggest team in New York. I could tell, and my life had changed. Everything changed for us after that. Everything. It was 1997, so I'm just coming off the road with Puff. We're just, you know, we're doing some things in the studio, whatever have you. Free Wap comes in. She said, hey, uh, I know you like baseball, Mike. I said, yeah, yeah, I'm a huge Yankee fan since 1980. She's like, you still cutting hair a little bit? I was like, yeah, I do a little haircutting every now and then. That was my first time meeting Derek. We broke bread over haircut. I started telling Puff, a.k.a. Diddy, a.k.a. Love, about Derek. And you know, he was a baseball buff, too. You know, hip-hop was at full force, and Puff was at full force, you know what I mean? Puff was like, yo, listen, I'm the king of New York, I'm Diddy. 
He said, you know what? He could be the prince of New York. So we started calling Derek Prince. And Derek had his mark on the town. He was doing it so humble. He wasn't a guy flashy, no bodyguards, no big cars, but he's starting to recognize it. You know, oh shoot, I can, I can actually fly. A lot of people would have bit that apple, meaning New York, and choked. He took little, little bites at a time to digest. All you need to do is get with that wrong click in New York. You're over. You gotta be careful, you gotta be wise on you know, how you biting that apple. Small bites. I seen him for the first time, Puff Daddy had a party. And it was like, it's Derek Cheetah. It was partying, most beautiful women in the world. There's many temptations, a lot of trouble you could get into. You gotta understand baseball money different from any other money. And they ain't make up something called baller alert for no reason. <laughs> it's a different type of target on these guys' backs. I had fun. If I said I didn't, I'd be lying to you. We went out because we were in New York and because we had success. Yankee Stadium was where the cool kids went. We always had access. Could meet anyone. I don't think it could have happened now. I've joked before and said there were phones back then. My career would have been three years long. There's a lot of things off the field that can really distract you from who you are. The fast-moving pace of playing in New York, the real things, the alcohol, the drinking, the partying. I made a lot of mistakes of doing a lot of things in the public eyes and everything, and, and, and it cost me. Strauss sat me down, telling me about the pressures, the mistakes that he made. I'm always here to talk to you. I'm here to help you. Look out for these people, those people. You can't let everybody in your circle. Uh, you got to keep your circle tight. If you let that wolf into the chicken coop, that one wolf can just take away a lot. You know, let's admit it. He's a single guy, goes around the Big Apple, and everybody wants Derek Jeter. What's that like, though? All of a sudden, you're on the cover of magazines. I mean, I can look outside right now, and there's girls out there screaming for you guys right now. What is that like, really, seriously? To be honest with you, I'm always looking out for his best interests, you know? <laughs> he comes to New York, I introduce him to friends, you know? I try to, you know, decipher through the good and the bad. And I give him all the good, you know? I stay by myself. <laughs> Here, let's take care of Alex first. <laughs> Well, first things first, how did you two meet? How did you get to be such good friends? My experience with Derek early on was actually uh, way before Seattle. It was when I was uh, a junior in high school. It was overwhelming seeing a young, skinny kid with brown skin just like me uh, from Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'm like, where the heck is Kalamazoo, Michigan? The next spring, uh, he actually was down in Fort Lauderdale for spring training playing with the Yankees. I was still in high school, and uh, Michigan was playing the University of Miami. The University of Michigan was down there playing. That's the first time I actually met him in person. And, and the initial reaction was, this guy's huge. You know, he was big. Early on, we, we were friends. The bond was it's baseball, right? That's what sort of drew us together. And then over the years, we started, I'd see him in the off season, whether he'd come to Tampa, I'd go to Miami. A uh, couple New Year's Eves, you know, get to know his family. So the relationship developed, you know, over time. You guys were talking a second. What do you say during a game to each other? Well, if I ever get jammed or anything, he'll be the first one to say, oh, you really hit that ball hard. Way to hit it. You know, you did a good job. Rodriguez with a diving stop. What a play. So, you know, that's the kind of friend he is. Alex Rodriguez robbing his good buddy Derek. It was truly surreal. I mean, with two young kids, both bachelors, uh, both starting shortstops, going to the All-Star game, playing at a high level. And it was just like, oh, my God, we're living out our dream. There goes Amarola. In many ways, it was the golden age for shortstop. And Nomar makes him pay. We had so much respect for each other, especially like Nomar, Derek, and I. We were kind of the three of us were kind of merging into the scene. The line drive speared by Garcia Parra. If you turned on, you know, Sports Center at the time, it was <laughs> one of us was on there on a daily basis, they were showing us. And he drills this one to left field. And it brought so much attention to all of us because of what we were doing every single day. Leader of the hole and the long throw. Competition eliminates complacency. 
That's what I like to say. So I paid attention to what those guys are doing all the time. I had covered both Derek and Alex throughout their minor league careers. Derek had won the Rookie of the Year, won the World Series. He was the toast of New York. Alex, meanwhile, up in Seattle, had one of the best seasons of any baseball player ever. There was no question that Alex Rodriguez was a better player at that time than Derek Jeter. When I sat down with Alex and Derek in 1997, I'm walking with Alex. He said, Alan, I think this is going to be the last interview that I do with Derek together. He said, I love the guy. He's my friend. He's a great player. But you remember the cover of Sports Illustrated? I was sitting and Derek was standing above me. It gives the impression, you know, I'm just sort of below him. And he said, I'm sorry, I'm the better player. And I said, of course you are. Everybody knows you are. And he wasn't being egotistical. He was being correct. That couldn't be further from the truth. Um, there wasn't never that type of competition about who's better or this is better. We, we wanted to make our teams great. We wanted to be great. But it's stuff like that where people, I believe, really got off on trying to drive a wedge between Derek and I. At the beginning, you have this kind of innocent climb. Once you get a little bit too high, people then want to get two brothers and split them apart. You can compare statistics all you want. So, uh, you know, I didn't care who hit more home runs, who had more RBIs, who had more stolen bases. I, I compared who won more. Hey, we won. That was it. Once you win, there's nothing else to do but to win again. Anything less than that is a complete failure. Bottom of the eighth inning. Yankees hanging on by one run. You cannot say enough about this Yankee bullpen. It was Mariano's first year as a closer. When you're the closer, you're it. There's no safety net. 
The Sonic Scrubber by Black Wolf. 6,000 RPMs of charcoal-infused silicone cleaning power when you shower. It feels like a massage. The silicone bristles are gentle on my face. And with the handle, I can reach my back, my legs. I can even use it on my toes. It's got a three-hour USB charge. I love a long shower. There are four different vibration modes to clean and exfoliate everywhere. The Sonic Scrubber by Black Wolf. Get 20% off now at GetSonicScrubber.com. This is a story that takes place every Saturday. There's magic rocks, wild animals, techno, and rivalries that go back decades. This story has everything. Want to hear it? Are you over the age of 50 and considering buying an annuity in the next 60 days? I have some important news for you. Don't buy an annuity until you understand the pros and cons of annuities. Call now for this free book on maximizing your income in retirement. Annuity Do's and Don'ts for Baby Boomers from leading financial firm J.D. Melberg. That's right, free. This book reveals little-known truths about annuities in simple-to-understand terms. Grab a pen right now because we're about to offer you this free book that unlocks the five little-known truths we believe baby boomers and seniors should know before buying an annuity, and it's free. Call 800-362-0647. As a bonus, we'll also throw in a free annuity rate report. We researched numerous products and summarized rates and benefits of annuities, all from Silac Insurance Company. Call 800-362-0647. That's 800-362-0647. Call now. It was Groundhog Day of 98. Bob Watson resigned. I got a call from George Steinbrenner, and he asked if I could come down and meet him to discuss possibly me becoming general manager. I remember him looking me in the eye and said, Bob Watson and Gene Michael have told me you can do this, and uh, is it something you're interested in? And at that time, I was scared to death, clearly. I'm glad you offered this job. I mean, was there any trepidation, or was it an automatic use? It was, you know, that's a tough question because... I was smart enough to accept it, even though... Privately, if you put truth serum in me, I really had no interest in the position. It's the first step of your last day with the organization because no one lasts long in those positions, uh, you know, in New York and under George Steinbrenner. Brian Cashman, the general manager, he felt enormous pressure. You know, his ex-wife told me a story about how he would wake her up at night because he was grinding his teeth constantly. And so they go into 98, uh, and not only are they driven by the failure from the year before, but they are loaded. We started creating this culture that we had an opportunity to win every game that we played in that year. He puts it away and David Wells has pitched a perfect game. So when you have this attitude and it's collective and it's pervasive, it's almost like you're, you're telling the other teammate, we're going to come here. We're going to win, and there's nothing you can do about this. Graham Lloyd and Jeff Nelson, and then Straw. I knew who to watch. Straw's the guy to watch. Strawberry snuck around the side. I had some flip-flops on, and I ran down there, and I was holding on for dear life like this with my flip-flops on. And they go flying off. Joe Torrey right now trying to keep Daryl Strawberry calm. Joe didn't come and get me out of the dugout, I would still been in that dugout fighting. We had to send a message to Baltimore or anybody else to let them know, we're the Yankees. That was a good one. Sometimes you have moments like that and, and it brings teams to... For boys and girls of all ages. Make him let me alone. What's he been doing? Kissing me. No way, I wouldn't kiss a girl for nothing. Play. To try to hit a home run and actually did. Great do it too, didn't it? Nice deal, O'Neal, with a nice. 
We wanted to have the mindset where we were beating you before the game started. We weren't cocky. We were confident. Grocious with a fair hand but we wanted to beat you down every single day. He spins his throws. Jeter with another fine play and short. Oh, he's cool breeze now. You know, he's <laughs> he's really developed into just a, a superstar of a player at this point in time. That attraction uh, is so real out there, and who's not going to want a, a taste of it? Derek was the hottest guy in the hottest city with the hottest nightlife, and you know, everybody wanted to be with him. Uh, everybody wanted a piece of him. Back then, nightlife was its own separate culture. You didn't go to one club. You went to like five. You, you were like hopping. bing, bang, bing, bang. You, the night kept going. This was before bottle service. Yes. This is back when you didn't have to buy a table to impress chicks. It was more everybody was on the come up and celebrating coming up with each other. You would see more celebrities, more artists together. That's how New York was, you know? You know, I can tell you, Monday was China Club, Tuesday was Life, Wednesday was Envy, Thursday, you know what I mean? I can go through the list. Running into Denzel Washington or Jack Nicholson, they're Yankee fans. And everyone was there and they enjoyed themselves because it wasn't, you know, social media or pulling out your phones. Anything I was doing, I would try to hide him. We was at a place called Fronies having a bite to eat. Puff hit me on, a, on the Skytel Motorola pager. He said, me and J-Lo are going to be here tonight. This is where we going. Club New York. He said, bring Derek here tonight. And Derek said, you know what, man? I'm going to go to bed. I got a game tomorrow. Combs and his girlfriend, Jennifer Lopez, were inside the popular Midtown Dance Club when an argument broke out and gunshots were fired. We just missed going by an inch. So that's what I mean. If we would take a bite out of that apple, just that little bite right there would have been the thick of it. We got lucky. All were arrested after police found a gun in the sport utility vehicle. Combs and the others were charged in connection with the shooting. We would have been right there, so um, my name would have been a part of the story. Everybody says when someone becomes a celebrity, they change. But 99% of the time, it's the people around them that change. So I'm sitting back watching everyone around him change. When I meet someone, first thing that goes through my mind is, what do they want? It's not a good thing, right? I, I wish that didn't go through my mind, but that's one of the first things. Like, what's the angle? And um, I go into protection mode. Three home runs last night. Look, I had fun in New York, and we won. I had a lot of fun. But I tell you what, when it came to doing my job, I was disciplined. You know, I knew what I had to do in order to be successful. Derek Jeter rips it inside the line. What would probably cause many problems for a, a, a lot of people wouldn't cause as many problems for him because he was never chasing stardom. He was chasing success in, in regards to winning. So Joe Torre has gone to the bench and he's got plenty of players. Ricky Day in left and uh, Chad Curtis in center. You know, the Yankees are rolling along. Torre starts to take a lot of his regulars out of games at the end. That's inside and... Luke uh, Kleinberg reacts, but it's uh, going to fall in front of Lidey. A pop-up fell between us three, okay? And Boomer threw his arms up. Jeter was way out there. And he spread his arms out like this, like, what are we doing? And nobody wanted the part of the ball. Now, knowing David Wells, he didn't mean anything by it. That's just him. He's animated, right? So I told him, we don't do that around here. We don't do that around here. And that was pretty much the extent of it. So the next day, I was near the umpire's room. The late Ernie Tyler was the person who ran baseballs out to the umpires. He goes, wow, the umpires after the game were talking about how, like, Derek got in David Wells' face. Buster only comes over to me and he says, I heard you challenge David Wells to a fight on the field. Now, the way I asked the question was, I heard you got into a confrontation with him, and I might have even said that he shoved him. And what I was so amazed by was how it was like a wall came up in that moment. And Derek was immediately like, that never happened. And I said, well, who'd you hear it from? And he's like, well, someone's on the field. So I brought over our first baseman, second baseman, third baseman, asked them all, did you say that I challenged David Wells to a fight on the field? All of them said no. You want to know the story. It's on KABC. Derek did not He's want that story to interrupt what was going on with the Yankees, which was great. The Their job was to get a headline, and I wasn't going to give it to them. 
My job was to make sure our team was prepared and our, our team was ready. And the only thing that mattered to us was winning. I looked at it as a distraction. And to me, the story told more. I thought it was remarkable that at 24 years old, that Derek was enough of a leader on that team that he could go to a veteran pitcher on the field and tell him to knock it off in the way that he did, did with David Wells. Because at that time in 98, Derek was emerging as the leader on that team. One strike away from win number 114. Towards shortstop, high hop to Jeter. Got him by a half a stride. There they are, your 1998 record-setting New York Yankees. Congratulations on a banner season. Unforgettable season. You want pressure? You know, win 114 games and understand what the pressure is that you better win. You start even when you get the postseason. Getting to the World Series, the Cleveland Indians are going to have something to say about that. Hit toward the hole, Jeter backhands from the outfield class. We knew we had set the record. We all knew we had to win a World Series, otherwise it didn't mean anything. Ryman squares the bun and gets it down nicely. Martinez with the flip to first, safe. Now the Yankees are going to contend as the ball rolls away. Put the ball up. What are you doing? Pick it up, man. The guy's running around the bases. And Wilson's being waved home. He stumbles. They may have a play on him. He slides in safely. And the Yankees are going to contend that Fryman was in the baseline. But that was a very poor play. You have to go after the ball. You can't let the ball roll 10 feet down the right field line and no one go pick it up. Call strike three. And that is a fitting punctuation to the game. And Torrey sits motionless on the Yankee bench. And all of a sudden you realize, my God, this team is now in trouble. They're down two games to one to the Indians because they lose game three. There's some panic setting in. We need to, to get back on the stick. Game four, Duque is scheduled to pitch. We were in the hotel in Cleveland. A lot of us were down there having our late breakfast, early lunch. Weren't enough servers in the coffee shop and it was crowded. I look over and there's Duque helping serve tables. He's cleaning dishes off, helping the waiters and waitresses. I had a call from George Steinbrenner, and he says, what do you think? I said, well, the only thing I can tell you is Duque is not going to be nervous. Well, he has a lot of pitches, a variety of pitches, and he throws them from a lot of different angles. When I look back now, I get nervous now, you know, watching games. But back then, it was just we were so focused on the things that we needed to do. Has a high leg kick, he hides the ball. El Duque was very focused. He had a style of pitching. He knew he can get certain hitters out, and he knew he had to pitch careful to certain hitters. Ramirez likes the ball out over the plate. I remember Manny Ramirez hitting, and he didn't want to pitch to Manny Ramirez. Ramirez walks. He wanted him to me. So Vizquel from second, and Ramirez from first will be running on the pitch. Talking about a guy that has some balls, this guy had balls. Here it comes. And a long drive to right. O'Neal back to the wall with just enough room. From that game forward, they just steamrollered. Broches short hops it. Throws to Soho. Rivera works a quick and perfect night. But Rivera shuts him down, and the Yankees win game five. A bouncer out in front of the plate. Rivera pounces on it. like almost matter of fact this isn't even you don't seem that excited i don't seem that excited because you guys won't let me celebrate Play ball. 
Whoa, check this out. Frank Thomas, the big hurt? It's looking big time. Once I turn 40, less energy, less drive. Well, yeah, that's yeah. right. Hey, it's not your fault. After 40, men's testosterone level drops, making it harder to stay in shape. You obviously did something about it. Nugenics Total Tea. Nugenics Total Tea is the unique man-boosting formula powered by Testofen, a patented key ingredient clinically researched to boost free testosterone to help you feel stronger, leaner, with more muscle and drive. It's number one doctor recommended and number one at GNC and Walmart. Text GIANT to 321-321. How do we get Nugenics? Guys, don't take my word for it. Just send a text. And remember, she'll like it too. Get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics now. Text GIANT to 321-321. Text now and we'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo X, our newest, most powerful fat incinerator ever, absolutely free. Give us next level superstars. This is Premier Baseball. Rockies, Giants, and NL West battle on Sunday Night Baseball. Is your car's plastic trim faded and milky? Don't worry. Cerakote's ceramic trim coat restores oxidized trim effortlessly. Just wipe it on. It's guaranteed for 200 washes. Even dust won't stick to it. Keep your car looking professional. It's the number one selling ceramic trim coating on the market. Selling your oxidized, faded trim car? Detailed cars sell for way more than faded cars. Read the thousands of five-star reviews for yourself. Available now at Walmart. Get ready for the American Kennel Club on ESPN. The ultimate series for all dog lovers. From heart-pounding agility trials to lightning-fast races, AKC on ESPN brings you the best of the best in dog sports. Join us all year long as we follow the journey of these incredible dogs and their dedicated handlers. Tune in to AKC on ESPN all year long and be a part of the greatest dog sports series on television. in New York, October baseball. The New York Yankees 114 victories during the regular season against the San Diego Padres. 2-0 to Nabla. Down the left field line. Vaughn in the corner. At the wall. The Padres were like a fly standing in front of a freight train. Bases loaded in a tie game, seventh inning. Bases loaded, and I was just up there, you know, two outs, just telling myself, hey, get a good pitch to hit, and hit it. One of those borderline pitches at the knees, it could be called a ball or a strike. I thought it was low at the time, and the next pitch, I got it up in the zone a little bit. As the ball's going into the upper deck, the camera catches it, and you see the people throwing their beer in the air. Just utter joy. Derek Jeter with his reaction. Yankees didn't look back from that point on. They crushed the Padres then. They just crushed their spirit. Trevor Hoffman with that high lift kick. Trevor Hoffman was a great Hall of Fame reliever. Their best reliever on the mound. They had a lead, and Brocious just rocked their world. Now the 2-2 two -two to Brocious. Into center field, well hit. Finley back at the track, at the He threw up both arms as he hit first base. I said to Zim, I said, that's the cover of Sports Illustrated right there. And just like that, the Yankees take a 5-3 eighth inning lead. Ryan Cashman trying his hardest not to root. I've been wearing the same underwear since Tuesday. Make your middays count for something. Tune into The Zone, 10 till 1 on 103.7 The Buzz. Put off with the World Series, you realize, you know, this was a special group. People can debate which team is better than which, but you put that team up there with any team, at least I would. To me, the entire roster was the best roster in the history of the game in my mind. That team deserves to be in the argument, and I'll take that entire roster against any team ever. I think there's a person in the world that has been more spoiled than I've been. Um, I'm playing in the best city, for the best owner, the best manager, and in front of the best fans in the world. Derek Cheater, all the young stars, these are players that were instrumental in leading them to the World Series championship, putting millions and millions of dollars in their pockets 
as an organization are now at a point in time where it's their turn to earn some money. Yankees and Derek Jeter exchanged salary figures today in Tampa. Jeter made 750000 last year. He's asking for $5 million. The Yanks have offered $3.2 million. An arbitrator will decide tomorrow which figure he gets. The arbitration hearing is a rough place. After helping put the Yankees' brand back where it belongs and helping win championships, they're now sitting across a table from you in a room trying to tell you why you're not worth the amount of money you want. That can certainly create some friction. It opens your eyes to now understanding that baseball is a business. I thought I was doing a good job, right? But then for the first time you're hearing that you're not as good as you may think. You know, they focused on the fact that I didn't hit home runs. Um, so that was really the first time that I dealt with um, direct conversations with Cashman about how he felt about me as a player. But I remember hearing, hey, you're disrespecting you know, the player, and that's the fine line because everybody has different opinions on, on, on value. But there's no, one thing that there's not unquestionable is the impact Derek Jeter had on, on the New York Yankees organization. Derek Jeter won his $5 million arbitration case. He says he's happy with the result, but admits the process was difficult. Obviously, playing in New York, you're used to criticism, so you understand it's a business part. And I'll never forget Derek after he won that hearing. There was a flash of a smile that it was very satisfying for him to beat the Yankees. And the SB goes to the fabulous boys of summer, New York Yankees. I think Derek Jeter remembers everything. It's not in the front of his mind, but it's going to be in the back of his mind. When the guy who is signing your check tells you you're not as good as you think you are, I think that's going to stick in his craw. I don't think he ever forgot any of those. This has been a great night, and I'm very proud of all these athletes, and I'm sure you are too. And this one's for you, New York. You know, if someone doubts me, okay, I hear you, but now I'm going to turn that off because I don't want to think about it. You know, I, I, I didn't talk about it, didn't tell people about it, but I have a list in my head of people who doubted. I remember exactly what you said, when you said it, and what you were wearing when you said it. Come on, Jeter, let's go. Wanna hear from Jeter? See, see, once again, the boss man has been kind to me because I went to arbitration today. I proved so-and-so wrong, right? So you check them off the list, and then now I'm moving to the next one. It's the same thing when, when you play a season and you, you win, a, win a World Series. For me, it's okay, you celebrate for a week or two, and then it's, bam, let's go. It's the next one. It's a team that thrived on competition and went out every day to win, so uh, I think there's, there's not a more deserving team of this award. Thank you very much. I never thought they don't like me as a player. They just didn't like me as much as we asked to get paid. My mind then turns to me against the front office.